and you're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. Ooh, what you do to me, running through my brain. Ooh, what you do to me, all mixed up insane. Ooh, what you do to me. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's episode 71 of the Collabcast. I'm Marvin Yoy, along with Minji Chang, and we are the hosts of the Collabcast. Hello everyone. I don't know why I'm in it like British tea time. Excuse me. Uh, it's been a long day. It has. For both of us. Um, for this episode, it's just Minji and myself. We're keeping today, it simple. Tonight. It's minimalist episode. We're, um, we're, we're recording from opposite sides of the country. I am on the East Coast in Washington, D.C., or more specifically, the suburbs of D.C., so I'm actually in Northern Virginia in the county of Fairfax. Nice. What city? And she's back in L.A., uh, Vienna. Nice. Man, it's been... I think we, I mean, we mentioned this um, before, but I'm copying Minji's Asia, then D.C. travel itinerary, and man, I'm so tired right now. You can just admit that I'm an inspiration in your life, and we can just leave it at that. Oh, are you? Apparently. So how's it going? How's everything going back home? It's been good. Um, I'm personally, I'm, we're doing a lot of stuff for Collab LA. So, you know, you know that you're on all the emails, but we're planning our collaboration Los Angeles show. There's a couple other shows that are coming up like in Chicago. So there's a lot going on uh, collaboration wise, but I'm also planning my best friend's bachelorette party, which is happening finally oh. this weekend after like two months of planning and preparation and i i'm actually pretty excited about the the weekend but i'm so excited for it to be done <laughs> yeah it's um it's crazy how big wedding culture's gotten you know, like everyone has to have like a giant wedding and not not just the wedding planning but just all the periphery stuff like the bachelorette parties the bachelor parties the favors the you know the centerpieces the flowers everything mm-hmm. Well, that, there was a so video that, okay, so on. there was a video I saw, I think by Huffington Post, some, it came out a couple weeks ago, but it was very timely, and it was, it was, the headline was, the U.S. spends six times more money on a wedding, on average, than, than Europe, I think, or, or Europe and a bunch of other countries. Oh, really? And I was, there was part of me that was tempted to share that, but I didn't want to be a jerk to my best friend she definitely would have seen it but um i mean i'm sure she's fine with me sharing it she loves me we love each other but we, there were some tensions my friend and we had to there was i don't want to call it drama but it got real and we had to have like a it, it, it was a lot <laughs> yeah i mean that's definitely something that will probably one day be a feature topic on this podcast because I feel like big weddings is a uniquely, I don't think it's uniquely like American thing, but it's definitely something that it's a thing, you know? Absolutely. Wait, um, are we on roundtable topics I mean, already? Can can we can we like dive into this for like a second? We not to not yet. Is is it, okay? Is this going to be your topic? <laughs> That's all that I'm thinking about. So probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to it then. Each week we start the podcast with a roundtable discussion um, where we talk about our pop culture or Asian American or you know. Whatever's on our mind. So, Minji, I know we've already buried the lead here, but uh, <laughs> what's on your mind? All the things wedding related. Here's the thing. Okay, so <laughs> I, I'm going to preface this by saying I love love more than anybody I know. I think when people are in love and they are committed to each other and making this really big declaration of commitment, I think it's incredible. I personally cannot see myself doing that anymore, but I, when I see it and you witness it, it's freaking beautiful. It makes me cry. I, I love it. That being said, I think wedding culture is something very different and very separate from all those things, even though it's you know prompted by that declaration of love. And to be honest, I might get a lot of grief for this, but it's really funny because the more that I speak honestly about it in private, the more I get feedback, especially from other women, like how much they agree. 
So I don't know. Maybe I'm calling out that elephant in the room. I don't want to get... Please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to hate on all you brides out there. But just like... It's a real thing. It's stressful. And and I guess maybe coming from an event production standpoint and where we deal with budgets and like prioritizing stuff and making decisions and thinking about our audience and things like that. I personally like it stresses me out. It stresses me out really <laughs> bad. And then, yeah, like you're saying, all the, the cultural expectations, I think, have gone pretty, pretty freaking far at this point in 2016. My general opinion. Well, I just feel like I hear a lot of people. I mean, I definitely have friends who went smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of did more intimate weddings. You know, um, I had some classmates from business school who got married right after um, we graduated, and they had a small wedding out in in Maui. I mean, I'm not sure how much that really cost, but it was you know it was a remote wedding, so it was by nature a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Right? Just friends and family. You know, and that's kind of the trick, right? If you don't want a huge wedding, you set it somewhere where people have to pay to go, right? Like uh, Europe or Hawaii or you know someplace far away, right? And then you keep you, you keep things small, but definitely, I've heard weddings go, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, and you know, like I'm already thinking I'm gonna spend a ton, shit ton of money on that ring, right? Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. It's it just seems cost prohibitive. <laughs> to, to get married well here's the thing and, but it doesn't have to i guess yeah. i guess some people just go to courthouse and like you know elope or whatever yeah no, and i think again see i'm like trust me when something good happens i'm all about like hey let's party let's celebrate it right and i think weddings are like in essence theoretically super wonderful but i think the the and maybe now everyone's gonna tell me that i'm like a communist and i hate capitalism but i just feel like it's really consumer driven right the industry itself has grown so much and it's just like always saying that oh if you really care about your friend you have to go to their engagement (laughs) party and their and i feel like for brides man like it's bridal shower and bachelorette party and the rehearsal and like all the it's fun too see here's like i'm so conflicted because getting dressed up can be really fun and looking pretty and standing by your friend like that you've known for many years and on so many different levels and watching them make this really beautiful gesture and and milestone in their life is incredible but like i don't i don't know like it's just like this expectation and if you don't do it if you don't buy into it then like you're the asshole friend like, oh, this is their special day. I don't know. There's, there's, and no one says that out loud, but there's definitely, because it becomes so normalized, I feel like there's an air of like, you have to do this. And if you don't, like, what's, and then everyone does it. And then I swear, this is just theory, but I think, I don't know, I might be onto something, but I feel like some people do it. And the fact that they've done it for all their other friends, then they kind of go, it's like karma. They're like, well, I'm going <laughs> to do it too. Cause all y'all bitches did, made me do it for you. And so... So it's all just pure pressure. <laughs> I feel like, you know, that being said, I do want to have a really... Like, if and when I do get married, like, let's, you know... We don't know when that's going to be, whatever. Getting old might never happen. But when if and when it does happen, like, I do want it to be, like, a fun thing. Right. And something that I was talking to my cousin once after, like during, I think right after she got married and she was saying, yeah, the most important thing for her, for her wedding was to make sure all the guests had fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know. I know there's definitely some people who, you know, the wedding's all about their day and their, you know, their, it's their day. Everyone, everything has to be, you know, up to what they dreamed of. Right. And maybe it's, you know, it's the whole, you know, culture that we grew up in where you know big wedding like very romantic like it's what pop culture feeds us right you know right like those rich teenagers want like their big special sweet 16 birthday um that didn't really happen where i grew up but um you mentioned that that was the culture where you grew up in right like the big sweet 16 parties and everything it's really funny that you mentioned that because i did have a pretty big sweet 16 party that i didn't really (laughs) ask for 
And I think it was a really sweet. Mm-hmm. See, this is why it's so layered because, especially on a, a lot of cultures, but like weddings are for families too, right? It's not just about the couple; it's the right. fa- family and the parents that want to really celebrate and 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 show off and like be generous to their guests and like you know make a really fun event to celebrate this really great day, right? So. I mean, I've heard of tons of weddings where, like, the couple themselves doesn't, they don't even buy into any of it. They're like, I don't want to do any of this, but my mom is making me. You're literally like back in t- second grade where <laughs> I don't want to do this. She's making me. And it- I have been to a wedding where it was definitely more for the parents' friends right. than for the actual people getting married. Right. My friend got yelled at <laughs> saying, This is not for you. This is for me. <laughs> because. I raised you and I, you know, let me have it kind of like, I was like, damn, dude. And I've been like Indian weddings and those are crazy because, you know, they're multi-day, multi-ceremony things. And it's definitely about families and the joining of, you know, the the uniting of all that. And um, so it goes well beyond that. I'm just, I'm kind of talking specifically about like the Western culture, the, the Americanized weddings. It's just like, there's all these, all these lead up and stuff and, I, I'm not trying to rain on your parade and y- y'all go be the queen and king of your day. But it's also like, that's why they have TV shows about that or they have had, you know, bridezillas can be a real thing. And then it's just this kind of level of expectation that I think can be really harmful for like relationships because like not everybody can have the time or the money or the every, you know all the different things to uh, be there for you the way that you want. Um. Right. And it's just different. I don't know. I'm conflicted. Because <laughs> I freaking... I, well, okay. So I've been to like bachelorette parties and this is like... I think, again, getting with girlfriends is one of my favorite things in the entire universe. But I guess it's just like everyone's definition of fun is different. Um, so yeah, that's where I just like... I don't get a kick out of wearing like penis paraphernalia and, you know, being like whatever in Vegas. <laughs> it just doesn't really... But I guess, is that what you guys are doing this weekend? I don't Wearing know. Penis there was there was <laughs> one there's one penis paraphernalia item that got delivered to my house from Amazon because I'm the one LA person. All the other girls are coming down from the Bay Area, so I am the you know delivery central. But no, it's fun. I'm I'm going along with it. the The friends that I'm going to see, I'm I'm happy to see them. I haven't seen a lot of them in many years, so it could be like a really fun reunion. But at times, man, like I don't know. I think it's, I have a feeling it's going to be a really fun, epic weekend. And it's all really about the experience. But on a bigger, like grander, principle-based, theoretical mindset, I'm like, what are we fed to believe is necessary in order for, you know, a wedding (laughs) to be properly, you know, prepared and sent off? I don't know. And would I repeat all that? I I guess that's what I... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's what I wanted to um, bring up because we are a pop culture podcast. Um, do you think that, you know, pop culture is partly to blame for all this? You know, all these images, like there are movies made about weddings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, like, absolutely. It's, and we feed into that. But that's why I like all that. I love Bridesmaids. Okay. That's one of my favorite movies, just in general, like as a comedy. But I think it's definitely. Mm-hmm. A lot of those elements, it's about relationships. It's about Kristen Wiig's character who's like struggling and like in this low place in her life and trying to find her way back, right? Her best friend, Maya Rudolph's like in a more affluent place in her life and what that toll is on their relationship because they don't even feel like they're in the same boat anymore, right? And then they're questioning everything and there's this new friend and Rose Byrne. I don't know, now I'm just like telling the whole <laughs> plot to bridesmaids but right spoilers real. <laughs> it's real yeah and i think that's kind of one of the cool parts about weddings and like especially for my family it's one of the only times that we all get together and we'll go into this more to my my table topic later but mm-hmm. one of the only times we all come together is when because so i have six cousins on my dad's side and we're all super close mm-hmm. and um, we don't see each other that often because we're spread all over the world. But during these family outings, like, or these family events, um, we all come together. Right. Right. And then um, for us, like, those um, opportunities are getting um, fewer and fewer because, you know, it's down to my brother and I getting married. 
<laughs> so there's only really two more of these, and then the rest you have to be a little bit more intentional. No pressure, Mark. Meeting up, but um, all the pressure. It's you know, and a lot of it is it's a chance to bring people back into your life that you want to celebrate this milestone with. Like you were a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like you said, the bridesmaids. You know, it's kind of the the fact that. It gives you a chance to kind of evaluate who is most important in your life. Yeah. I think that's a cool part that weddings do, you know. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's a huge honor. And that's why I think there's like definitely, you know, why why there's continued buying. Because it's very meaningful. I'm not taking away from that. But what I'm saying is that how come a bridesmaid on average probably going to spend like eight times more than any groomsman is ever going to spend. You know what I'm saying? Like... (laughs) It's dresses and hair and makeup and shoes. And it's like, why can't I bet like, please, I'm sorry. I'm just going to plug rent the runway again. Can we just rent our dresses instead of, I don't know. Like you guys rent your tuxes. You wear it for that day and it is donezo. You know, I don't know. It's They're kind of pricey too, though. They're like, you know, like 80 bucks for the day. Right, right. I don't know. I, I have a I have I, I have a sneaking suspicion that with wedding culture being what it is, things like rent the runway will become more and more uh, profitable. Like they'll become much better businesses because it's just it, it's a lot and like it's great. Again, it's it's a double edged sword of having really awesome friends that you're close to and that you support. And then when they start getting hitched, it's like, damn, dude, you better. It's like it's like college fund number two. You know what I mean? Like, okay, now I went into debt for. For my education now i gotta go into debt for my friends and i've seen some funny <laughs> buzzfeed videos and now huffington post videos like skits about that stuff we have bridesmaids so it's just like i think there's room to laugh at it and room to like let's let's put a let's put a magnifying glass on this and you know talk about it openly because i feel like there's a lot of guilt and a lot of oh i don't want to upset my friend and things like that and that's all very considerate and everything but I don't know. I don't want the economy to crash again is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) We got to prop up the... um, I feel like half the things on Etsy is all wedding industry stuff. Yeah, it's Etsy and Pinterest. (laughs) And it's so fun. See, I'm not even like... I'm so torn. But in any case... Do you have your dream wedding Pinterest board? I do not. See, that... Okay, and that... Now I'm going to get on my feminist soapbox. That got me really annoyed because I went on Pinterest, and you heard about <laughs> this. When I when I first started Pinterest, I went crazy. I went like... Ni- I made nine boards in one night. Like, I made two <laughs> career boards. I made a collaboration... I made like two collaboration boards. I made a hair and makeup board. I did a shoes board. But out of nine or ten boards that I made in one night, none of them were were wedding, you know? Uh, One of them, I had literally made like a smoothie board. It was all these smoothie uh, recipes. I was like, Pinterest is the best thing ever. But but then that bothered me and like it, it got me on my feminist soapbox. Like why, I joked about it like, oh my God, you guys, Pinterest is the best ever. And then first assumption um, or like comment from everybody and from guys, it's like, oh my God, did you start your, your wedding board? And I understand on one side that Pinterest is very, very widely used and, you know, very high volume used by people to plan weddings and to visualize. But also, like, it got me, it ruffled my feathers and got me a little like, what the hell? Like, why do you think that that's all I care well, isn't about? Wasn't that like all girls think about is like their weddings and I don't know, weddings. And wedding. See, but this is... And ba- babies, I guess? Marvin, mm-hmm. I'm going to make you listen to Beyonce's Flawless. Because there is a really <laughs> beautiful, wonderful, powerful woman that Beyonce features that where she's speaking in this song where it's just like, women are trained to aspire to marriage, but we don't treat boys the same way. We're not like saying that, oh, for a, for a young boy, like what he ought to have first and foremost on the front and center of his brain is like who he's going to marry, how that wedding's going to be like. And I'm not saying like that is just a very obvious, blatant disparity, but it's also it's it's frustrating for somebody who's not of that mindset, again, to kind of just like be presumed to be like, oh, my God, all you're caring about is like Prince Charming and planning your wedding. Like, what about tons of people who don't care about that? And even if they do want to get married, like they're not planning weddings to the same thing. You know, it's kind of just like bucketing everybody. 
So yeah, I get. That I mean, there's common. definitely a big like cultural and society aspect to it, especially you know, with even like you know we joke about you know oh you're only wear this dress once, mm-hmm. but then it's a real thing. Like people wear buy like really expensive clothing just to wear that one time because that is for some reason became societally unacceptable to be seen the same thing twice. Right. Apparently. Right. Right. They literally write fashion articles when they're like, oh my God, so-and-so actress wore the same dress twice. This is just like that other event. She walked the red carpet in the same dress. Gasp. You know, it's, it's literally. And I'm like, I'm, I, I switch between like two pairs of jeans during the week. Like, <laughs> How dare you, not, Mark? I ain't got money for five pairs of jeans for my work week. Here's you know? the thing. Here's the thing. Even if you did, again, people, there are people, I have so many friends who are like super into fashion and like props to them. They always look good. They know how to like take rags out of Goodwill and make it look fly. It's a, it's a skill. It's like their interest. I think it's amazing, right? Or they like really high end stuff. That's great. But it's, I, I get kind of like when you, project what you like and what you prioritize and you place it on somebody else without even asking them without even like taking into account that hey maybe what i don't like or just because you're a dude that means you xyz that's where i get a little like maybe because i've been on the receiving end of that so many times oh you're a girl that means Mm -hmm. you like blah 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 like a few no i don't not necessarily like you don't it's kind of that like you don't know me and I don't want to be that girl who's yeah. always getting pissed at everybody, but I've definitely gotten those comments a lot. So I think it, it makes me a little bit defensive when, yeah, when people are like, oh, did you make your wedding Pinterest board? I'm like, no. Do you want to see the five career boards <laughs> that I made, though? Because I have that pretty well envisioned right now. <laughs> like, anyway, <laughs> I'm just being sassy pants. But that's yeah, that was my reactions. No. It, it, it is what it is. <laughs> Speaking of weddings and milestones... What's been on my mind lately is just um, the many rituals we go through in life. So I, I, I got to this point because, so I was in Taiwan last week. Um, I don't think I talked about it yet, but my grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. So we all, we all went back for the funeral. Mm-hmm. And it was like a Chinese, I think it was like a Buddhist ceremony. Um, but, you know, most of my family were kind of, we practiced that hybrid Chinese Buddhist style where it's kind of half Buddhism, half like ancestor worship okay. or spirit. So it's kind of, it's not like a hundred percent. We weren't brought up with religious dogma, right? but because, you know, because this was a significant event and in order to, you know, to pay respects, you know, we, we came and, you know, basically there was a guy who walked us through all, all the rituals mm-hmm. that we had to do, mm-hmm. you know, the bowing, the, the, you know, the chanting and things like that. And it got me thinking about just, we, we use these events like weddings, funerals, graduations even to signify like important turning points, right? Because doing something to signify that something has, has happened or has been accomplished is, I don't know, maybe there's, there's something in our psyche that requires that in order to feel accomplished or not, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of started thinking about all the, all the rituals that we do in daily life. And, you know, not even all the religious stuff, but like, you know, when you start a project, you have a kickoff. When you finish, you have your debrief and you have your your rap party, right? Or your graduation ceremony where, you know, you sit for like two hours in the sun listening to some dude talk. But, you know, you're with your class and, you know, I don't know. That dude could be Michelle Obama who just like dropped the mic over (laughs) at New York Community College. When I graduated, it was... um, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince. What? You're so lucky. I don't even remember who my <laughs> my commencement speaker was. Sad face. Um, mm. No, yeah, and and here's and we're coming off the tail end of me just like bashing all of this. I think I'm not bashing it. I'm just conflicted, saying let's keep it within <laughs> reason and let's not like butcher. No, I mean it's important to celebrate these things. It's important, it's important to celebrate. You know, two people coming together making, you know, because a wedding is pretty much a commitment, right? Yeah. You know, there's a legal aspect to it too, right? Like we're legally an entity now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Until, you know, until we get divorced, or whatever, divorce rates and everything. But um, <laughs> correlated um, to data know, on wedding expenditures. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I'm kind of, I'm it's serious. crazy how much you spend. And it's like, you guys are, you know, not that everyone gets divorced. 
but and like, even if you do who cares even that okay see that i could talk about for days as well like uh, <laughs> anyway <laughs> but yeah but celebrating that moment right with friends and family with people that you care about hell yeah is is important is 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 a good reason to but then you add all the pomp and circumstance it becomes more of a and i guess this is where the, the american culture comes in like you're showing off right like look at how awesome my wedding is or look how look like we got these you know these crystal vases flown in from i don't know ireland <laughs> no but I, okay yeah, first something. of all i've experienced quite a few things where like international weddings and whatnot where it definitely is not only america but it's kind of like this westernized very uh instagrammable right uh thing that we got going over and i think that yeah that's that is very descriptive like it's instagram pretty much it's like you want to it's social media right that's kind of like the the basic but it comes with like what you're saying about like showing off and stuff but it's funny because i was getting schooled a couple months ago because my roommate is filipino and he was he and his friends (laughs) were like schooling me on the whole cotillion scene um because you're not talking about sweet 16s and stuff again it's kind of like it's for the parents to show off, like how big of a thing can I do for my daughter, right? And it's like, right. I don't know, that's like going back into like debutante stuff from the deep south, and this is talking about the Philippines, right? So I think everybody yeah. has definitely has. Their I mean, traditions. not even deep south. That's a very European thing, right? That's you know, um, back in like the um, oh, like Jane Austen. Here's times. where we show off all our yeah, like, my <laughs> like Pride and Prejudice, right? Here's <laughs> where we show off all our eligible bachelorettes to marry off. To your family, like cattle, right? To like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being a jerk, but I mean that—that's essentially what no, it was. It, it comes it, from it comes from that. Yeah, we're getting into marriage politics. Like, really, it was transactional. Like, <laughs> it was like exchanging a piece of property is what it was back in the day. It was very political, <laughs> and it was for families to come together. It had nothing to do with love and soulmates and all that stuff. I see that's still a pretty new thing, but in any case. Um, dude, I think it's funny because I'm, I'm all, if someone told me that they're getting married and not having a party, I'd probably be the first one to freak out too. I'd be like, what? Why aren't you doing anything? We should at least throw a party. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree that things should be celebrated. And I think that's where beauty and, in, in differences can come out. Like how you will honor somebody's death. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. funny because some people don't like to talk about that. And the older we're getting, the more that it, it is becoming a thing. And my grandfather passed away last year and, and it really uh, got me thinking and feeling a lot of things and recognizing that my uh, grandmothers who are my remaining grandparents, you know, they're they're getting old as well. But it's, it's just really interesting, like, to know or to think about how am I going to handle that? What's expected of me? Um, what sort of things should I keep in mind to honor them? And, you know, like understanding my traditions as well that I had no knowledge of prior to that. Like what you're saying, you, you had somebody walk you through all those steps. Right. And I'm thinking when my parents, like, you know, knock on wood, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but I'm going to have no freaking idea what to do. Right. You know? Right. Well, and I guess that's why like funeral parlors are in business, right? Because they can walk you through it. Right. And funerals are expensive too. That's another whole other industry. (laughs) That's like on a whole different type of event. Right. But well, if, you know, if like, you really love them, you would get the pine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said about doing things right and, you know, want having to, like wanting to pay for that. That gets that's really, a whole that, that, see and that's the tie yeah. between spiritual <laughs> stuff, spiritual like beliefs and practices and then just econ- economics, right? Yeah. Um Yeah. I don't know. I want I don't want to bum people out. I just feel like in any case, like births and engagements and weddings and and certain birthdays, I think I I'm a I'm a really like like the dolls. The dolls, yeah, exactly. Tor, um, I think those traditions <laughs> are super beautiful, and I think that's essentially why at the end of the day, you know, we all work really hard to make a living so that we can do those things, right? So that we can comfortably celebrate these moments with our families and be able to pay for a cake that everyone can enjoy maybe some party favors and you know um yeah i even the sad moments again they're 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 interesting ways to bring everybody together again and to also gain perspective in one way or another 
like birthdays always make everybody reflect even the people who are not celebrating that birthday but like the friends are like damn we're getting old we're all 30 now right. you know <laughs> or man everyone's getting engaged i'm so alone <laughs> or whatever oh yeah that's i'm going i have like six weddings this year have fun it's insane <laughs> i have two Maybe I'm going to get invited to less what? and less because everyone's. Gonna, if the people hear this podcast, they're like, don't invite her. She doesn't want to go. That's not what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> On that note, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about civic duty and voting. Hey, everyone. Marvin here. Uh, thanks again for listening to this episode 71 of the Collabcast. Um, our podcast, of course, is a part of collaboration. A nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talent of our API community. Just want to give a couple quick updates before we get back to the show. We do have a couple collaboration showcases coming up in July. Um, be sure to check it out if you're in the area. Uh, first up is Collaboration Chicago, taking place Saturday, July 9th at Lincoln Hall. You can find more information on the Collaboration Chicago Facebook page, um, so check that out. And the week after that is Collaboration Los Angeles taking place on July 16, 2016 at the East West Players David Henry Wayne Theater. More information will be going up shortly about how to pick tickets, um, but keep an eye out on the Collaboration LA Facebook page for more information. I also want to plug um, some new content going up on the Collaboration website this week. On Monday, uh, we released a new green music session featuring Big Phony, um, singer-songwriter formerly of Los Angeles and now um, residing in South Korea. He was in town a while ago and joined us to play a few songs, so make sure to check out his session. You can also find this podcast and all of our past episodes on the website, so make sure to check that out. And um, keep checking out collaboration.org for more content that we'll be releasing in the future. You can also find applications to join the Collaboration Volunteer staff um, on the website so if you want to get involved in your local collaboration team um, helping to support Asian American arts and entertainment in your city make sure to check out our get involved section and that'll about do it for this break thanks again for listening to our podcast and um, let's get you back to the show and welcome back to the Collabcast. I'm Marvin Yoy joining me is Minchi Chang um, it's just us this week. Um, I'm coming to you from the suburbs of Washington, D.C. in the DMV, and Minji is back in Los Angeles. This crazy town. <laughs> well, this week was a big week, especially in California. Yes, it was. And Minji got to do something that I've never gotten to do because I'm from Canada. When can um, you take care of that, Marv? It'd be a really great day. We'll have a uh, party. <laughs> Speaking of things, <laughs> or commemorating things, when that happens... Oh my God, we're going to like all wear Uncle Sam hats and eat, <laughs> eat burgers and barbecue and, and wear like American flag shorts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we'll all um, rent pickup trucks, like a Chevy pickup truck, <laughs> and we will... Uh, I'm keeping it in my back pocket. I'm waiting to see how this election cycle goes before I make any decisions, but... Tuesday was the last Super Tuesday of this primary season. Um, Minji went to go vote, <laughs> and um, no, we're not going to we're not going to talk about politics or who we're supporting or and why and things like that because um, nonprofit can't really do that. But how did it feel? What's uh, so? Do you usually vote? I, Tell me how it is. Okay. Well, What's first like? of all, no. What's it like? <laughs> to be honest, I this year was really. Um, I guess with what's at stake, right, and the the high drama of this year's elections and, and political environment, and just the fact that I'm older and that I've been working and paying my taxes and, you know, thinking long-term about retirement, and, you know, for a number of years at this point, right? I think it definitely mm -hmm. has changed my perspective um, in terms of my the importance of me doing my part right by voting um right. and being even moderately educated about candidates and what they stand for and what that even means um how that plays out i i full disclosure there's so many things that every four years i have to relearn and 
it was a little bit upsetting. I, I'm trying not to get down on myself about all these things, but I'm glad that I, I looked, but I had to YouTube some basic like electoral college information. I, I learn it and then I forget <laughs> it, Marv. Are you like, you just retain everything. You're a freaking elephant. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, you are. My memory's <laughs> like, pretty pretty choice. Uh, it's gotten yeah. it's gotten progressively like as I've gotten older, I've been able to remember less. Um, like I used to be really good with faces and names. Mm-hmm. Like I'll meet you through another friend, but I would remember who you were. But these days, I can't remember shit. Right. When it comes to faces and right. names, like new people, I think I've run out of space in my brain. It's like hey, you. Or I'm just getting old. Yeah. No, you need to do. A or I'm just meeting a lot a... more people. Huh? I think I'm just meeting a lot more people. Yeah. No, but this is what the funny thing is like for acting and stuff, I can memorize lines easily, right? Like a lot of people struggle with that. Some people have to do repetition like hardcore over and over again. That in particular, I can I can do well, thank God, because then I would have really chosen the wrong profession. But um, it's just I think everyone's brain just works really differently. But in any case, the electoral college was not particularly sticky in staying in, in my brain. Um, so <laughs> I, I had to, re- I mean, the electoral college doesn't really come into play until November. Right. But I wanted to know all that. It's like, well, yeah. what do I need to know? You know what I mean? That's definitely one of the, <laughs> the terms and the, the things I was like, do I even know how that works right now? And I was like, I cannot confidently say right. yes. And I want, I just on the spot looked it up. Uh, um, and thank God for you. Seriously um, though, YouTube has so many cool videos <laughs> and they do with like animations and it's so clear, you know? It's like yeah. this and this and this and this and this and then there you go. You're like, oh my god. I mean, it's not, it's not a very it's not a complex thing, but it's definitely one of those quirks. Like most people, like I feel like every four year people get upset that they don't really understand the way the system works mm-hmm. and how like the delegates work, because you know the United States political system isn't a it, it's not a full democracy. Right. Right. Majority doesn't really rule. Right. Like we elect representatives and then the representatives like represent us. Right. Right. And that's something that a lot of people have a very basic understanding of how our government works, but don't really put in the time to really learn it. Or maybe it's the way they teach it because we all took government and civics mm-hmm. in um in high school, right? But I don't know about your school, but my school it was taught by like the football coaches. Yeah. And like they didn't really like you know why is that a thing anyway? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, that is. I don't a think thing. they really put their all into making sure we we understood the information. They just, you know, here's the quiz. Yeah, here's a video and here's the worksheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But okay, here's my thing. Like, and and that's what I'm saying. So I mean, okay, we could kind of dive into the, like all the different structural ways that we are all being. Uh, you know, uninformed or miseducated or whatever you want to say, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. And I would actually like to know further what are the efforts, because there's so many efforts from so many different groups like API Vote and things like that. Um, shout out to them, though. They did a great job with the George um, Takei video. Mm-hmm. And John Cho and Constance Wu is awesome. But, you know, there's all these efforts for people to stay engaged. And, like, that actually really hit home in terms of, like, how can I then contribute to making civic duty, civic engagement and, and voting and things like that. Things that really do fundamentally impact us at the end of the day, uh, sexier and more desirable to know, right? right? Cause how come we're so excited to, to know about who's on the bachelor, right? And we don't give <laughs> two shits about who's running our country. Right. Um, right. And you know, people complain about how government is controlled by all these corporate interests but you have the power to affect that right right because one of the reasons how people stay in office is because they know that like only 10 percent of the population will vote right and as long as they cater to that 10 percent, they're pretty much safe when more people get engaged you have a lot more diverse interests to look out for you know different people care about different things the more interests are represented in the districts or, or or states the more the elected officials become accountable for that right right and have to worry about that in order to keep their jobs right 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 i think i think here's my thing I'm like where my brain does go to the impact of of social media to culture to pop culture to film to all these things right i, I do wonder the shift and the change that has occurred in light of shows like House of Cards, right? Like 
how <laughs> wildly successful that is and how people really just get involved in it. They get so emotionally caught up in it, right? They freaking love it. And yeah. and how much that really does educate them. Like how many people, and I wish I could quantify that. I wish I could analyze that data and be like, well, prior to this show existing, there were blah, blah, blah percentage of well, the Well, there population. was the West Wing. There was, I mean... House of Cards is interesting because it's a very, very cynical look right. at politics. Right. Um, another show that's pretty good about that is Veep. Um, Julia Louise Dreyfus's um, comedy on HBO, which is kind of like the, the comedy version of House of Cards. It's still kind of it's still cynical, mm-hmm. whereas House of Cards is the government is run by like Machiavellian schemers. Right. Like Veep is pretty much saying like everyone's kind of a buffoon. Right. Like, they throw on scandal and it's like the president is doing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there's so many versions of this. But you you do learn about like how power works in in government by watching those shows. Definitely. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like watching House of Cards. I get really a little uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because um, I do know people like that. Maybe not to the extreme of like Frank Underwood, but you know. From being in DC and knowing people who work in these circles, you know, like those are definitely conversations that go on. You know, the quid pro quo, the dealings, the even the interests. Right, a big plot point in that first season of House of Cards was this naval yard that provides jobs in um, in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and there's um those are real concerns in a lot of uh, you know states. Like, there's a lot of factories creating things that we don't really need. Mm-hmm. But stay open because they provide jobs, jobs. and f- jobs in the district that if they close, then you know the senator will lose their job, right? Because those people vote. Right. No, I completely. It's it's really interesting because I talked with my baby brother the other day, um, just to catch up with him. He's actually in Fort Knox. He's Army ROTC. Um, he's going to be a senior at University of Michigan. So he's like, you know, we're we're ten years different, so very generationally different. And, and, you know, when we catch up, I definitely want to pick his brain about like how, how the youngsters are doing and whatnot. And I was talking to him. The fellow young people. Yeah. yeah, Much like our last episode, but I was talking to him about, (laughs) uh, you know, are they, is he going to vote? Uh, what are his classmates saying about all this? And he is around his, his army friends a lot, like a lot of these military kids. Um, and he's just saying like, he's, he's, he kind of just said it very, calmly of course he's being the very good millennial where he doesn't have a strong opinion one way or another because he wants to be considered an understanding of everybody um he was just like oh well there's a there's a number of my classmates or my like i don't know what to call them people in his in his rtc program that are Mm pro-trump and he's like well because he would he would do better things for the military than the other candidates blah 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 and then but then it kind of got me thinking. I was like, wow, it really is all about, you know, your job, your self-interest. Like, is my job secure? Okay, then cool, right? Like, I was like, They're... I don't know. It was very eye-opening. Very, very eye-opening. Yeah. I mean, the American system is very, like, it's, you no, know, we're, we're a capitalist society. And capitalism is all about the market will sort itself out. On paper, like most governments, it should work. But then you throw in human nature, right? Greed, selfishness. Shadiness. Um, and everything gets thrown out of whack, right? Like people who defend free, free markets, people through their desire to make money will create jobs, mm-hmm. right? And which will distribute wealth, mm-hmm. right? But that, in that, that assumes that you're reinvesting your profits back into the economy, back into society, right? You, the money you make, you're, you're giving that to your employees so they can use that to buy stuff, which then will um, will benefit other industries like agriculture, like mm-hmm. furniture makers, clothes, textiles, and things like that. Right. Um, but then, you know, you don't you don't really think about well. Some people just want to take that profit and keep it. Right. Right. However, because they, they want can. to take care of themselves. They want to like. That's when things get thrown out of whack. That's how you get the the income, like the the wealth gap, and all all these things. In that's very apparent in the world right now. And I think that's why you know understanding how policies and how like the things that you're voting for, like beyond the president, because there's only so much a president can do, mm-hmm. right? There's also the there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, there's three branches of 
of government. And there's a reason there's three branches to make sure, you know, that we don't have one person with all the power. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who you elect to presidency is important, but also who you elect to represent you in the Senate, in the House of Representatives, equally important. You have to make sure that that's the important thing about voting that, you know, like I am kind of sad that I don't get to um, engage. You should, Marv, because you you know know, like 80 times more than I do or most of the people probably (laughs) went out there and voted. That's frightening. But I would, I'm actually a little (laughs) bit, I'm a little salty right now that you have not, that you have not, how dare you? Go make it happen, Marv. (laughs) Our country needs you. (sighs) (laughs) I thought... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You should make your own podcast just so, to like, like, just educate us. Like, I know it's not. <laughs> I know it's not like a part of my like you know culturally. I'm American, right? I grew up here. I know. But there's still still a part of me that still clings on to that Canadian identity, and it's you know I think I talked about this in the podcast. Like, I grew up in the San Gabriel Valley, so being Asian wasn't something that set me apart. So it was being Canadian that was my thing. Well, you can wear a jersey every once in a while, go to a hockey game, but and eat some syrup. But we need you for your. Is that what you think Canadians do? Yes. See, it's me being stereotypical. You I don't eat know. Syrup. Be happy. Go enjoy nature. Um, drink pop. <laughs> I don't know. I love Canada so much. I was like, seriously though, if this Trump thing, like, I don't know how it's gonna go. But I love Toronto, and I'd be happy going there for a few years. It'll be fine. <laughs> Um, well, we have like we we have the cool we have the cool prime minister now. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> Rub it in, why don't you? Um, but here's the thing, and and this was this was funny again, and this was prompted also by APAM and everything happening in May. Like that prompted a conversation with my dad, where I didn't even know that he had voted for Obama twice. You know, and I was like, oh. <laughs> You voted for Bush, though. Like, I didn't... Okay. It, it was really interesting to hear politics come out of my dad's mouth. And that's funny for me because my dad's incredibly articulate and very well-spoken and a great vocabulary for, you know, someone who immigrated from Korea. And he's, he's you know, paid attention. He watches the news every day. And he pro- again, he probably knows a lot more than I do. But I never had that conversation. It was never something that we sat, we sat around and talked about a lot of philosophical things, religious things, about relationships, about careers. But um, politics was never something that we talked about in my family. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about gay marriage because my brother, being a great lawyer, cornered my dad into admitting that they absolutely should have the right to get married. That was pretty great. Um <laughs> But that's kind of the extent of it. I don't know. Do you, is that something like it's it's the thing that API vote has their job to do, you know, like they're trying to get more Asian Americans engaged. And it's a challenge enough yeah. on a national level, like across every ethnicity, I'm sure. Right. But I think it's been particularly mm-hmm. problematic for the Asian community for a long time, you know. Um, yeah. Just not showing up, not registering. And <laughs> I mean, my parents are definitely more engaged with Taiwanese politics like they go back and vote for those elections but I don't know I feel like and this is where I wish um you know someone from API vote or one of those you know advocacy groups can come on and talk to us about this because I'm sure they 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 would have a lot more of the statistics and the data and you know it's what they do but you know why exactly is it that Asians in general are less engaged and you know part of it is probably because a lot of and Again, this is like pulling facts out of my butt. Like, I don't know. The, the, I don't know the actual facts, but we're gonna make some. You know, maybe maybe, facts. A, maybe a part of it is a, a lot of Asians right now in the states are first generation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of second generation now coming of age, and I feel like like our generation and kids are a little more engaged. You know, I agree. But half of the Asian population is first generation. You know, and and then you have to deal with all the the language barriers right. and the um, even just the habits, right? Like I'm sure, you know, not every Asian country that we came from was a democracy, right? Right. South Korea is, you know, Taiwan is, but you know, Singapore isn't. Um, I don't think Vietnam was when mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's just cultural barriers, right? Like, like they're not used to the yeah, idea of like of of needing or having a voice or having right. a civic duty, right? Like. You know, that's something that, you know, 
is uniquely not uniquely American, but uniquely part of being part of a a democracy is that you have control over who represents you, mm-hmm. and you have the duty or the the responsibility to make your voice heard, right? And you know, one vote probably, you know, a lot of people say like, "Oh, my vote probably won't make a difference," but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, right? You know, right. And you never know. It's like you, really what tips the scale, right? We're, we're not part of that. But like if, but just think about how many, you know, how quickly a bucket can fill with drops of water, right? Collectively, if everybody has that attitude of like, well, if I vote, it makes no difference. And that ripple effect becomes the norm, right? How quickly yeah. a huge chunk of people and a huge number of voices are suddenly completely absent, right? And that at the right. end could ultimately have made a, a significant difference in in any outcome right so yeah. and i it is a unique problem because i can only imagine just like language alone i mean how hard that would be to translate policies and and to you know get people invested to to register and like issues with immigration and you know what i'm saying like no there's a reason why engagement and accessibility to voting to be able to vote is such a big deal Mm -hmm. because it's our one thing that we can do to make sure that the people who represent us are accountable Mm -hmm. right like if you know if we don't do it then we forfeit our our ability to to make that decision to make that thing happen i put this out in the universe but i want to like if there was somebody who was awesome and brilliant and also like artistically gifted to make this kind of an infographic. But if we could come up with examples of when, when the margin of voters, right? Like when the margin was so narrow, when it really did matter, when a handful of votes were the things that shifted us significantly, if there's somebody out there who was actually tracking all of this and could kind of give examples of like, well, you know, Gay marriage, so say that theoretic, hypothetically, like gay marriage was, we, we won that by three votes. <laughs> or, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we could really break all that down. I mean, I don't even think it has to be like that granular. I think just the, not the threat, but just the, um, the possibility that you have interests, people with, dif- with interests different than those who typically vote, right? right? Suddenly in the game, in, in play. Mm-hmm. That changes what the elected officials have to worry about, right? Right? Changes their messaging, changes their strategy, changes like their platform, their their planks, right, for their campaign. Because all of a sudden they have to like, all right, they're, now there is now there are like x thousands of voters who care about this, right? Whereas before our voter base didn't really care about this specific thing, be it healthcare or education or immigration reform, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, in order to win your district, you have to you have you have to care about that as well. Right. 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 And that's how you get, you know, people to care about the things that you care about. Right. See that where that's where I mean, I get it's politics, so there's no room to really complain about that. But it's like, okay, well you're just you're feigning interest and you're faking <laughs> caring about this because you are very politically strategic and savvy and you are working me because you don't really give a shit. Right. But then if you don't, if you don't follow through, then we're, we are now engaged. Now we are now keeping you accountable. Right. I mean, ide- again, this is, this is ideally, this is the way the process should work. You know, if one of the things that happens is you get engaged and then you get disillusioned. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, you you show up one year and you don't show up the next year mm-hmm. you know, because either you don't, you, so you realize or you think your vote doesn't count or it doesn't mean anything. And then, and then, you know, you, let them off the hook, essentially, right? Right. And that's the thing. Like, you know, if, you know, as a part of this, this society, you're a citizen, you're supposed to care. See, but right? then, like, if there was another angle to, to present that, right, and look at it as, like, this is your power. This is your, it's an honor. Because, like, here's the thing. Like, it's kind of like when you, you, you take that word and you put it in, a, in any different context people hate having duties. They're always trying to avoid what, you know, a lot of them, not saying everybody, <laughs> but 
you know, as a, as children, we're not, you know, we have chores, we have, we have responsibilities and that's like the enemy. Right. And if there's some way to, to reconfigure, reframe that word to, to, you know, cause to me, the way I look at it, what I recognize this year is that it, it's an honor, you know, and not to be super cheesy about it, but that's how it felt. I was like, I felt really patriotic. I felt like I was actively doing something that could potentially, and I don't know to what extent, but it's, it's making a difference. It's yeah. making me, you know, take a stance on something. Right. And take my, yeah, little I saw your Snapchat. Opinion. You're, you're like, you know, super happy to go vote. And then, and then Go I failed. Pick up your ID. <laughs> See, so this is okay. So this is this is a funny story that I'll share with everyone because I look like a complete idiot. And I'm just gonna deal with it because it is what it is. I really did this, but for some reason, I thought that I had to have my ID. Okay, so when I left my apartment, I I wanted to. Well, just... It's all in the news, right? Voter ID laws and everything, like. I'm sure that's part of like it was in your head, right? Like it wasn't okay. Here, this is what I was just having a stressful day. This is where the wedding stuff. See, it's taking up too much real estate <laughs> in my brain. All right, I had other things to do, like vote. But anyway, like I just I don't remember. I just always had my ID whenever I voted, right? So I would always take it out. And when you have it and you have your address on your ID, I think it help. It definitely helps them find you quicker than you sitting there and just saying it to them and having to spell it and you know all that stuff, right? It just kind of expedites the process. But like just in every recalled memory of me voting, I always had my ID with me. So I figured like, okay, I'm gonna go vote. It makes sense to have some sort of ID or whatever. It just, I didn't really think about it. I just made it a thing where I was like, okay, I gotta bring my ID. I didn't want to take my purse because it's heavy. So I was walking like three blocks and I just got my ID, my card, put it in my pocket, walked over to the thing, stood in line. There was a line and I was really happy because people have been posting on Facebook like, oh, how come there are no lines at our polling places? This is really sad, you guys, like get on it. So, of course, I'm Snapchatting the whole thing, whatever, feeling really good. And then the guy at the door was asking for IDs. He's like, hey, do you have your ID? And I take it. I'm like, oh, I brought it. Yay, me. Go me. And I pull out my card, and it's my Costco card. So, yeah. And then... Do you show it to him? It has your picture on it. Yeah, it does. I can buy you a hot dog if you want. But in my, in my, I need a dollar fifty hot dog and drink, which is a great deal. But in my head, I was like, shit, I don't have my, I don't have my thing. Oh my God. So I kind of didn't even listen for what the response was. I was like, oh, I was so embarrassed, but I just made a joke out of it to the people in line. I was like, oh my God, I brought my Costco card. So I freaking just jet right there. I live three blocks away. So I was like, okay, I just have to go home. So I left the line. I think if I had stayed there longer, Somebody easily would have said to me, like, yo, you don't really need it. I think it's just to help figure out which line to go to once you're inside, right? Which is exactly what it was. The guy at the door was, there were two separate lines once you got in the voting poll, and I think it was based on your address. So he would, like, look at your uh-huh. thing and figure out, oh, you're, you're in this one, instead of, like, waiting in two different lines and having to be sent elsewhere, I think that's what it was. Right. So it was good that I had it, but I, I went and I made this whole Facebook post. And I was like, you guys, I'm so stupid. I'm going to get extra cardio and I'm going to exercise <laughs> my rights as a U.S. citizen because it matters. So all of you guys vote. I made this whole big thing about it. And then, of course, I post that on Facebook and then all my friends are like, uh, I don't think you need it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, you know, I went and I brought it and I whatever i voted and then i just learned in a very long convoluted funny (laughs) stupid idiot way that i you don't need your id to vote i don't know why it's just because like it was combined with like oh i always brought it with me combined with this guy at the front of the door asking for it um (laughs) that i just like in california though no in california you don't like yeah in california you don't and and so yeah so californians you don't need your id to vote (laughs) fyi for now but it was it was but. it was um it was great. Otherwise, you know, that That's that cool. was my little whatever brain fart. Yeah. I mean, one day maybe I'll get one of those stickers. It's That's great. It's awesome. It's a really one good day. feeling. <laughs> you will marv one day and then we'll throw a party. We'll celebrate. But uh that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. Oh um, thanks God. for listening everybody. Um yeah, that's about an hour. Wow. We were able to fill it, me and you. All we had to do was complain about voting and weddings. We're complaining. We're dissecting and analyzing and 
appreciating <laughs> too. I'm very proud to be an American. I think this election is going to, it's right. going to, I think what's at stake in like all the stuff that's going on, all of it, I think it's definitely making us um, more aware and care more for sure. And I hope that leads to, you know, better education. It certainly did for me. I got, I definitely had some uh, embarrassing feelings of how much I, I realized I didn't know. But I hope that, you know, hmm. next, what, I got five months to get up to speed on a lot of stuff. So yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, comments, feedback that you want to send to us on the podcast, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org. Uh, we're always happy to take your questions and topic suggestions. And um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, um, TuneIn, um, and wherever you find podcasts. And if you do subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review we super appreciate it and it will help us get noticed on the boards super appreciate it uh, wait we're on google play now <laughs> yeah nice google play just launched their uh, podcast service so if you're on android you can subscribe to us right here right now we're in baby um just go to your google play music app yeah um heads up because i already um, know what i want to talk about next week so be sure to tune in um, I kept it light because I didn't know how to talk about it, but this is the first time I'm doing this. I'm going to talk about this Brock Turner case like no other. So if you have oh. questions, commentary, we're going we're gonna <laughs> to dive right in because I have a lot of things to say. And special thanks to Clara C. for use of her song Electric um, for this week's intro and outro. Um, for Minji and Marvin, this has been The Collabcast, episode 71. <gasps> thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Hoping you won't be the death of me. Show me, I know I got something real.